must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic process. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. I have a dream. Welcome to Great Men Back Then. Here's your host, Lauren Scott. You are listening to Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. My name is Lauren Scott, and welcome back to Great Men Back Then, the show where we talk about great men and American history. Although occasionally we will talk about great women, I just happen to like the rhyme, great men back then. The last woman that I talked about was a Hillsdale College alumna. And today's episode is a bit similar in the fact that we will be talking about another famous graduate from Hillsdale College. If you are from the city of Hillsdale or even Hillsdale County, or if you are at all familiar with the area, you probably recognize the name Will Carlton. You might have driven on Carlton Road, or maybe you've been to the Will Carlton Poorhouse, or you may even know someone or have a child of your own who attends Will Carlton Academy. It is no secret at all that this man was somehow very influential, especially in the city of Hillsdale, but not many people know exactly who Will Carlton is and why we remember him with street signs and with schools and with the Hillsdale local poorhouse. What's up with that? Well, if you listen to the entirety of this episode today, hopefully I will be able to shine some light on all of these questions and inform you why Will Carlton is a great man and why he has left such a huge mark on the city of Hillsdale and Hillsdale County in general. In fact, he not only inspired people within the city of Hillsdale and in this local area, but he actually had an influence statewide. I don't know how many of you may be aware of this, but October 21st is actually dedicated to be Will Carlton Day. Not only does he have his own day where the whole state of Michigan recognizes him as a person, but the Michigan state legislator actually passed a law requiring all Michigan schools to teach at least one of his poems to their classrooms. So it's very obvious that Carlton's influence has not only stayed in Hillsdale, but it's stayed throughout the entire state of Michigan. And maybe this is just me, but I believe that someone who has had such an impact that there is literally a whole entire day dedicated to him statewide, and the fact that teachers are required to teach one of his poems to, you know, put their lesson plans on hold and teach a Will Carleton poem to their students. The fact that somebody was that influential and had that great of an impact on American poetry speaks volume. And so I not only want to do this episode, of course, because he is a Hillsdale alumnus, and I think that's really neat. 
and I will take any opportunity I can to feature a graduate of Hillsdale on my show. But I also want to show how influential this man was within the Hillsdale community and also statewide within Michigan. I'll go ahead and start from the very beginning of Carlton's life. He had always loved poetry, even from a very young age. In fact, the first poem that he ever wrote was at age 13. It was called The Dying Indian Chief. And then he came to Hillsdale. I believe he came in 1862. But he didn't end up graduating until 1869 because um, in between those years, he had to leave to go back home because his brother was fighting in the Civil War. And so he had to go back home and help on his family farm. So even though he left for college in 1862, he didn't end up graduating until 1869. But while he was a student at Hillsdale College, He wrote many poems, um, one of which was a poem that he actually read at graduation. Um, A lot of colleges, especially Hillsdale College, had the tradition of students giving speeches at commencement rather than maybe more well-known students. And so instead of delivering a speech at commencement, Carlton decided to deliver a poem that he wrote instead, and the poem that he recited was called Riffs in the Cloud. Although Carlton was a very studious student while he was here, and on top of all of his studies, he continued to write poetry for fun, he still found time to be involved in one of the fraternities that we have here on campus, Delta Tau Delta. He loved serving the chapter and being part of that organization. And even after he graduated, he still had a heavy involvement in the chapter. He served as New York City's Delta Tau Delta alumni chapter president. And so he definitely created bonds there with the men in the fraternity. And that was something that I really did carry all throughout his life, and he had great involvement in even when he was no longer a student. Now, on top of writing poetry for fun, being heavily involved with his fraternity, and being a good student and keeping up with the rigorous classes that Hillsdale has to offer, in his free time, He also made the sacrifice of going and visiting the local poorhouse. In his free time, he would love to visit and talk with the residents there. And the residents at the poorhouse were, of course, those who were less fortunate, whether they be orphans or whether they be people who are elderly and there's no one left to take care of them, but there are people ages there from kids to young teens to elderly people. But no matter what age someone was, Carlton loved talking to all the people there, and he loved to hear their stories and just listen to what they had to offer, and 
hear what they had gone through in their life, especially the, the elderly people. And we know this because a few years after he graduated in 1872, he published one of his most well-known poems called Over the Hill to the Poorhouse. You are listening to Great Men Back Then. I'm your host, Lawrence Scott, on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Today, we are discussing the life of Hillsdale alumnus and famous American poet Will Carlton, and specifically his poem, Over the Hill to the Poorhouse, and the influence that this poem had on America, and the original inspiration that Carlton had for writing this magnificent poem. This poem, um, to say the least, made him an American sensation. Uh, almost overnight, he became a poetry superstar, I guess you'd, you could call him. Um, just about everybody who knew anything about poetry or had any interest, even if they didn't have any interest, they ended up hearing about it because it was in newspapers, at the headlines that Will Carlton was making his mark on the world of poetry. And it really all started with the poem Over the Hill to the Poorhouse. And this is especially interesting to Hillsdale students like myself or residents of Hillsdale who live in the area, who are local, because the poorhouse still exists today. And actually, uh, because of the influence that Carlton had and because of this poem becoming a huge sensation and everyone knowing that it came from the inspiration that he had whenever he was a undergrad talking to the people at the poorhouse, they actually renamed the Hillsdale Poorhouse to the Will Carlton Poorhouse. And so you can still go there today if you put in the directions on your phone type the Will Carlton Poorhouse, you can go there, visit today. And so that's part of history that is still alive. And, you know, you can read and study about Will Carlton and learn from that. But it's really cool that we have this tangible evidence still in the city of Hillsdale of where this famous American poet, quite possibly one of the greatest graduates from the college, of where he would go to spend his free time, and the place where he found the inspiration for one of his greatest works of art that made him famous. Whenever Carlton was not writing poetry, um, both while he was an undergrad and even after graduation, he was oftentimes freelancing for local newspapers I know that while he was a student, and even after he was a student at Hillsdale to pay for his tuition, he contributed to the Hillsdale Standard, which was a local newspaper. And then after graduating, he worked as an editor at the Detroit Weekly Tribune. His freelance work is, of course, another example of how he was a very hardworking man and pretty much everything he had in his life, it's because he worked for it. Whenever he wanted to go to college and he wanted to pay his tuition, he got jobs freelancing for local newspapers. Whenever his brother went off to fight in the Civil War, he recognized that it was his duty to go home and help his family with their farm. He was definitely a self-made man 
a man with upstanding character, and a man that we should honor and respect even today. I am going to go ahead and read to you Over the Hill to the Poor House, um, the poem that I was referencing earlier. This poem, it's, although sad, does have great truth to it. He brings to light neglect that can sometimes be shown to parents once they grow old and no longer have anything immediate to offer. And these were lessons that he learned while talking to residents at the poorhouse. And so without further ado, I'm going to read Over the Hill to the Poorhouse by Will Carlton. Over the hill to the poorhouse, I'm trudging my weary way. I, a woman of seventy, and only a trifle gray. I, who am smart and chipper, for all the years I've told, as many another woman that's only half as old. Over the hill to the poorhouse, I can't quite make it clear. Over the hill to the poorhouse, it seems so horrid queer. Many a step I've taken a toilin' to and fro, but this is a sort of journey I never thought to go. What is this use of heapin' on me a pauper's shame? Am I lazy or crazy? Am I blind or lame? True, I am not so supple, nor yet so awful stout, but charity ain't no favor if one ever live without. I'm willin' and anxious and ready any day to work for a decent livin' and pay my honest way. For I can earn my victuals and more too, I'll be bound, if anybody only is willing to have me round. Once I was young and handsome, I was upon my soul. Upon my cheeks was roses, my eyes as black as coal. And I can't remember in them days of hearing people say, for any kind of reason, that I was in their way. Taint no use a boasting or talking over free. But many a house and home was open then to me. Many a handsome offer I had from likely men, and nobody ever hinted that I was a burden then. And when to John I was married, sure he was good and smart, but he and all the neighbors would own I'd done my part. For life was all before me, and I was young and strong, and I worked the best that I could in trying to get along. And so we worked together, and life was hard but gay, with now and then a baby for us to cheer us on the way, till we had half a dozen, and all grown clean and neat, and went to school like other, and had enough to eat. And so we worked for the children, and raised them every one, worked for him summer and winter, and as we ought to have done. Only perhaps we humored him, which some good folks condemn, but every couple's children's a heap the best to them. Strange how much we think of our blessed little ones. I'd have died for my daughters, I had died for my sons, and God made that rule of love. But when we're old and gray, I've noticed it sometimes, somehow, fails to work the other way. Strange, another thing, when our boys and girls was grown, and when, except Charlie, they'd left us there alone. When John he nearer and nearer come, and dearer seemed to be, the Lord of hosts has come one day and took him away from me. Still I was bound to struggle, and never to cringe or fall. Still I worked for Charlie, for Charlie was now my all. 
and Charlie was pretty good to me, with scarce a word or frown, till at last he went accordin' and brought a wife from town. She was somewhat dressy and hadn't a pleasant smile. She was quite conceity and carried a heap of style. But if I ever tried to be friends, I did with her, I know. But she was hard and proud, and I couldn't make it go. She had an education, and that was good for her. But when she twitted me on mine, twas carrying things too fur. And I'll tell her once, for company ain't almost made her sick. Then I never swallowed a grammar or arithmetic. So twas only a few days before the thing was done. They was a family of themselves, and I another one. And a very little cottage one family will do, but I never have seen a house that was big enough for two. And I never could speak to suit her, never could please her eye, and it made me independent, and then I didn't try. But I was terribly staggered and felt it like a blow when Charlie turned ag in me and told me I could go. I went to live with Susan, but Susan's house was small, and she was always a hint in how snug it was for all. And what with her husband's sister, and what with children three, t'was easy to discover that there wasn't room for me. And then I went to Thomas, the oldest son I've got, for Thomas buildings cover the half of an acre lot. But all the children was on me, I couldn't stand their sauce, and Thomas said I didn't think I was coming there to boss. And then I wrote to Rebecca, my girl who lives out west, and to Isaac, not far from her, some twenty miles at best. And one of them said twas too warm there for any one so old, and the other had an opinion the climate was too cold. So they have shirked and slighted me and shifted me about. So they have well nigh soared me and wore my old heart out. But still I've borne up pretty well and wasn't much put down till Charlie went to the poor master and put me on the town. Over the hill to the poorhouse, my children dear, goodbye. Many a night I've watched you when only God was nigh. And God'll judge between us, but I will always pray that you shall never suffer the half I do today. Again, that was Over the Hill to the Poorhouse by Will Carlton, a poem that he wrote from inspiration that he gathered from the residents of the poorhouse in the city of Hillsdale. You are listening to Great Men Back Then. I'm your host, Lawrence Scott, on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Today, we are discussing the life of Hillsdale alumnus and famous American poet Will Carlton, and specifically his poem, Over the Hill to the Poorhouse, and the influence that this poem had on America, and the original inspiration that Carlton had for writing this magnificent poem. Like I said at the very beginning of this episode, Will Carlton is not just special because he graduated from Hillsdale College, which is an institution that lies in the center of the city of Hillsdale, or even because he was a resident of Hillsdale. But what makes him so special is that he carried with him the lessons he learned when he was in this city, and he carried that into his career. And one of the reasons why 
He was so phenomenal and literally became an American sensation was because of his selfless heart. Another story that goes along with Carlton's selflessness is how he helped his friend in college who was the first ever blind person to graduate from Hillsdale College. He heard that his friend was struggling financially and so he put on a fundraiser and all the funds that were raised he then gave to his friend and colleague. He never used his fame to glorify in himself or to spend his money on flashy treasures, but he helped other people. That's who he was. That's who he was before he became famous, and that's also who he was even after the fact. His heart of gold remained true, even when the fame came, and even whenever it would have been understandable that he could have been blinded by all the light and all the attention that was he was getting in his life. And it is for all these reasons, because he was selfless as an undergraduate student at Hillsdale and even as a famous American poet, that I argue that Will Carlton was a great man. Thank you for listening to Great Men Back Then. I'm your host, Lauren Scott, on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM.